0: I need to make a personal introduction.
1: Okay, let's do it.
0: You're about to hear the wisdom of two guys that I know very personally, not just as business acquaintances, but as friends. Adam, especially, has been son-like to me over the course of the last 20-something years. And Mark England, too, has gained my total respect for how he thinks and what he says. Yeah. No, it goes further than that. Jen has become...
1: I've become certified through, (laughs) that doesn't sound good if I stop there, huh? I've gained a certificate of their program, the Enlifted Method, and it's a coaching methodology. And it's amazing. It's really, really incredible. It's helped so many of my clients. It's helped me. And this is crazy, okay? There are no coincidences in life. So I was on Instagram and I was scrolling on through, you know, like normal people do. And I came across this really interesting post that caught my attention. And then I realized it was from this guy, Mark. And I thought, I think that guy's been to our house. He looks so familiar. And so I start, you know, Instagram stalking. And I realized that he's with this company called Lifted. And then through my rabbit hole, I trace it back to Adam, who is a very good friend of ours who's... He created the studio, right? Yep. He created Jeffrey's studio back in the day. He's what
0: been mean back in the. He day, and his wife. Uh, in 1478. Adam Chen came and created the studio. It was like magic. Wow, he looks just, really good. It just appeared like a phoenix.
1: 1478. He's he's looking young. Anyway, he and his wife have been to our house. We love them. They're just gems of human beings, beings. like total gems. And I'm going on this Instagram rabbit hole and I'm like, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, I discovered the coolest program on the internet and guess who's a part of it? Adam and Mark. And so we interviewed them for Sell or Die.
0: And here's the deal. We normally interview people for 15 or 20 minutes. This interview went on for over an hour and we decided to break it up into individual podcasts.
1: it may even be like two, two hours. hours long. Whatever it, it, was. it was so much fun. We had to keep going. Right. And so over the next four weeks, you're going to be hearing part one, two, three, and four from No, us. we're
0: going to be skipping four. It's going to be part one, two, three, four, and five, because we don't want to be too normal. You know what I mean?
1: Well, not too normal would be 4.5. That's true. But that's already taken.
0: Okay, but I'm going to challenge you as the diehard to listen closely because this information rocks. Welcome to the Sell or Die podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Gittimer. And
1: I'm your host, Jen Gittimer. Well, in this podcast, we're going to help you attract
0: more qualified, unbelievable ready to buy clients.
1: We're going to help you build loyal relationships. And the one thing you're hoping for, close more deals. Let's get into it. It's time to sell or die. Mark, you were talking about simple changes that someone can make in their language to get out of this victim mentality. And I'd like for you to share what some of those simple changes are. And if you could, what is victim mentality? Because I'm sure some of our diehards are wondering, well, Am I in victim mentality? Oh no, no, that can't be me. If
0: it wasn't for bad luck, I would have no luck. That's a victim. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, there's a number of those cute little jingles rattling around. So I'm gonna take a little bit out of the middle, everybody. And this is the verbatim definition of the victim mentality. It's very telling. Most people are unaware that this thing exists. And that we are participating in its construction and maintenance on a daily basis to varying degrees with our everyday ordinary language. And the definition is a great entry point into, so we'll go general with the definition and we'll get specific with the gateway drug (laughs) for the language game. So the definition of the victim mentality. It is an acquired personality trait where a person tends to regard himself or herself as the victim of the negative actions of others, even in the absence of clear evidence. The victim mentality depends on a habitual thought process and attributions. That second sentence, that second part of the definition, is right between the eyes and right where it belongs. The victim mentality depends, as in it has to have a habitual thought process. Habitual accurately implies duration and addiction. So if there is, let's work backwards. If there is a thought process, also known as words, wording, that the victim mentality has to have, what are the words? What are the thought processes? What are the specific statements and phrases? What are the keywords? And
1: Can we try a few?
2: Yeah, absolutely. All right.
1: The guy wouldn't return my call.
2: Well, that right there is technically known as a projection and Regardless, it has nothing to do with intelligence. Give me or Einstein that same sentence, and it will create the victim-villain mental imagery in our imagination, as in... I'm in the picture, he's in the picture, he's doing something to me or not for me and I need him to change his behavior so I can be successful or something along those lines. The first time I ever saw this work was in 2003 and the one sentence, the Lord of the Ring sentence, the linchpin sentence for this woman's, it was a stinger of a breakup for sure, it would have hurt anyone. And the sentence that held the whole thing together was, he did that to me. Barry Musgrave was facilitating this. He had her repeat that sentence so everybody was focusing on the same words. This brings up a relevant side note. Most people use their language so fast, it's hard to identify what words are keeping us focused on the problem, forcing us to take things personally. We'll talk about that at some point in time in this conversation about what to do. And so he slowed down the whole story that this woman was telling herself. So, And he had no idea before he got in there, which is... 100% 100% par for the course, so he could find the sentence that was keeping the whole thing stuck and it was exactly that. He did that to me.
0: Okay, so let's look at it from a sales perspective, Diehard, Are you blaming somebody else for what they did or didn't do or are you taking responsibility for making it happen for yourself. Zero like responsibility. Yeah. The guy didn't return my call. No. The message you left them had no value or sucked. Yeah. So you have to put yourself in a position where you take responsibility for them to return your call or you'll continue to blame.
2: thousand percent or continue to make the entire bad breakup story about you yes. take it personally. Keep yourself stressed. Dominate your mental real estate with this "woe is me" story, which directly or indirectly will get in the way of your professional performance. You at can some use the word
0: "and" or "but." The guy did this to me, or the guy did not do this to me. And here's what I did about it. Here's an even better thing to do.
2: Yeah, he did that to me. Take out the "me," put in himself. So now he's out of the picture. He did that to himself. And it was such a radical departure oh, yeah. from the story that she'd been repping like crazy for four years. It was awkward and it was clunky. And this is exactly how it went. He did that to himself. It went up as in a question. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then you see her talk herself into it and, the, and a new story catches. He did. He did do that to himself. And, then she, well, <laughs> and then she started talking about what happened to him. He lost friends. His social credit score took a digger. And then eventually she got to the, when she walked out of that victim story was, you know, that guy was actually pretty weird. It was never going to work out anyway. (laughs) And I saw that and I was like, you know, that's not my story. And it is my story because I was over in Thailand because I thought I was a tough guy and I jacked my knee up training too hard when I should have been resting. And I had this guy I was blaming in the gym because he did something he shouldn't have done and we were going too hard. And and then I was taking no responsibility for it. No responsibility for the fact that I got my monkey ass on a plane and flew it over to Thailand. And took myself to all the things that I was absolving myself of responsibility, hence staying in that stressed state. My language was keeping me, most people's language, it tricks them into living in the stands. They're an innocent bystander in their story. No, quite the opposite, folks. You're telling yourself a story for better and for worse, and most people have no formal training on how to do that well. I can tell and they you. They
0: They always blame the guy.
3: Kiss of death. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, Jeffrey, it's like, even if someone's listening to this and they say, well, no, it really was that guy. He was really a weirdo. He really took a lower price. He really took a lower bid. It it, it was accurate. The story I'm telling is an accurate story. It's like, well, the issue with that is, is that you start to get in the habit of framing your worldview in that mindset. And you want to get out of the habit because even if that's accurate, what you repeat, you get good at. Whatever you repeat, you get very good at it. The brain works this way. The neuroplasticity, the way that the mind wants to work is it wants yeah. to create pathways that are fast and instant. And if you start getting good and in the habit of that person did that to me, she, me, them, me, you get your whole worldview is mapped into this victim mindset that Mark is talking about. You mm-hmm. get good at it.
0: So let's yeah. add one word to that sentence and the word is why. <laughs> why did the guy not call me back? Why did the guy take a lower price? And now you're starting to answer your own questions. It's I'm sorry, it's not one word, it's two words, why did. But the bottom line is I'm trying to uncover a real reason so that I can improve rather than simply blaming on something that's never going to resolve itself. And
1: Mark and Adam have a method on what to do in addition to the why. So let's talk about how someone can work through that.
2: Well, depending on what the thing is, usually the first answer is write it down, okay? Because it's... Like Adam said, people want something quick and fast, and most people don't even have a draft to hand in, <laughs> as in, and you just did that a second ago. You looked at the thought and you added some words to it, as in mm-hmm. you drafted it, mm-hmm. and then you elaborated on it. Most people go with the first thing that shows up in their head, oh, it must be true. It's my own voice in my own head, and I'm right about everything. So instead of believing the story that we're telling ourselves, start to scrutinize the story that we're telling ourselves. And the easiest way to do that, generally speaking, is to get the thing on paper. Now you have a draft to hand it. It is super hard to, it can be done, of course, and let's make things easy. It's very easy to look at. In a more critical way, the story that we're telling ourselves once the words are on paper because now we have that And you we can have actually that edit better than as well. A thousand percent. Yeah. And it's, the story is now finite. There's a beginning. There's an end. When it's in my head, it's this seemingly infinite yeah, thing that just runs and there's the worst part. Uh, there's my emotions. Oh, since I'm feeling that, it must be true. And then we get this negative feedback loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We get Also, the habit what of,
0: happens is you repeat that same story. Five times as you're thinking about, How about it. About 500 times. Yeah. yeah. So Daily.
2: we talk about the <laughs> imposter syndrome a yeah. lot. Okay, fine. I'm binary negation acknowledged. We'll talk more about what that means. I've never, in 15 years in the game full time, I've never met anyone with 600 specific negative thoughts that fueled their imposter syndrome. Most of the time, it's a handful as in under 20 and they're on loop. And the fastest way to slow that thought train down is to write down the specific statements. If you take one thing away from this podcast, y'all, I dare you to write down the statements that are fueling your imposter syndrome. You're not going to like it. The pen's going to weigh 500 pounds and you'll get an absolute ton out of doing it. Mm. Most people don't do it. It's extremely confrontational. And I mean, this is the stuff most people would Hey, not to
0: confrontation It's not like it's, you know,
1: but people don't the coddling admit of the American that mind. What was that book? Head. People don't want to admit that those are the thoughts going on in their head. And when you write it down on paper, it's bringing Galarian. light to it and truth to it, that that's what's really going on.
3: Oh yeah. Simple, not easy. Yeah, self-assessment mm-hmm. is difficult. Jeffrey, you've talked about this for many years about, you think you have a good presentation? Record it. <laughs> <laughs> Record it. And listen and, to and it. And listen to it. It'll yeah. be funnier than Seinfeld oh, and yeah. everyone else combined. And I think this is part of that thing is, is the self-assessment portion of this is we don't want to know what our blood work looks like. Mm-hmm. I don't know, if, Is do I have high cholesterol? Better to not know, right? Than to actually see the words, the thoughts that we're circulating around in our head every single day, to see them, to there, quantify them. That sucks. Yeah. It can a, suck.
0: There's a st- statement that says the hardest truth that you ever have to tell is the one you have to tell yourself. Mm. Yeah. And that that's a tough truth because you're having to deal with it and that's what you think about. So it's easier to blame than it is to take responsibility. As soon as I blame the guy, I'm done with it. Oh, I'm free. Yeah. I'm absolved. Yeah. And I deserve- And not only that, I'm still great.
2: Sympathy. I deserve-
0: yeah. Another try.
2: <laughs> it is absolutely one of the funniest projections because we're on projections. He yeah. didn't call me back projection. Yeah, He did that to me, projection. This guy came in and man, he'd been divorced for six years. And again, a lot of times the projections, they hold the most emotional charge. It's often where the most action is. Those go both hand in hand. And his statement was, she made me think we needed to get married. Yeah. Nothing over here. It's all on her. That bitch. And he fought it. Because guess what? I know the words. I know the angles. This is the business we're in. I had him write that statement down. She made me think we needed to get married. And I said, scratch out the she and put in I. And he didn't like that. Part no, of him did not won't. like that because and it ripped the pacifier out of his mouth, took away his toys. <laughs> as Adam likes, or we both like to say. And eventually he got on board, but there was some resistance. Part of you, with the projections that you are most emotionally attached to, part of you is going to fight it. And that initial fight could be, I'm not writing that down.
0: But that separates and the the, the men from, from the, the boys. Yeah, the, I mean it really the, does. Everybody the, the, blames. Yes. And yeah. It's so easy to do. And then how? The service do, the, the, how? was lousy. The yeah. food was
3: lousy. Yeah, I I picked the wrong restaurant. Ouch. Yeah. The food sucks. They're terrible. I picked the wrong restaurant. Mm -hmm. Ouch. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, in order to be successful at selling, you need to live in the hero mindset or the non-victim
3: You'll do better. I'm uh, very,
2: right?
0: generally speaking- Here I come speaking, to save the day.
3: <laughs> how about no. my day? Here I come to save my day. That's, that's great really translation. Awesome. Here yeah. I come to save my day. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah.
1: So how do you know if you're living in the victim mindset?
3: Yeah. Well,
2: how is your breathing? You know, that's a very, very reliable, no, when, I can so check when in, When you look in right?
1: the
0: mirror in the morning in the bathroom- Everyone gets up, everyone pees. Are we fair on that? With good level ground we
2: can start there. Yeah, let's okay. start there.
0: And while you're going your way to the toilet, sometimes you walk by a mirror and you look at the mirror and you're going, what do you do when you see the mirror? Is that when you question yourself, uh, tell yourself everything's okay, be pissed off, blame something? You don't
2: know what I say most mornings? I get to do this again. Yeah. I I get to do this again. I love what we do and I get to do this again. And it's it usually the first thing that I consciously think when I interact with myself
3: and- it's working for
2: me what do you do
0: adam
3: i was told by a friend of ours from the past andy Dankin that whenever he goes to pee <laughs> since we're bringing up pee i say thank you because some guys when they try to go pee they can't pee yeah. and This is going to sound ridiculous on its surface. If you think about stacking behaviors and getting in the habit of saying thank you for everything, gratitude, someone likes gratitude here, I heard. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Gratitude is a great gateway to the architect mindset that you're talking about, Jen, Mm -hmm. is to be grateful. These things are not givens. We're not owed anything. They're all gifts. Every time. They're all gifts. And if you stay that way, everything's a blessing. It's a tremendous way to stay in that mindset. It's a good way to start the table. And then also, like Mark said, take an audit of how much of your life is being controlled and constructed by others' behaviors and actions. And if you look at the world in terms of, I can't do what I want to do because of other people and other things. Inflation. And other, yes. Uh, you know that kind I of can't
1: make enough sales this year because there's yeah. not enough inventory. Yes. I can't make enough money because the prices have gone up. I can't, right? These are all.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm at the center of my story. Right, So I can take action and then I operate in the world around me. And that's how I construct but you're my the work. Hero. I'm the hero. I'm not a minor character in my autobiography. Right. You know, <laughs> and, sure hope. A lot of people, their, their mindsets Majorly. are constructed as if they are minor characters in
0: their autobiography. So what do you do in the mirror in the morning? I say thank you. I look in the mirror and I go smile. <laughs> as I smile at myself. Hey, For those
1: of you who cannot see this, Jeffrey just nodded at himself, which right. is, was awesome.
0: Right. I'm telling myself who I am. I'm telling myself who I've become, and I'm telling myself what I'm gonna do today, and none of it is negative. None. I won't allow it.
1: Or all of it is positive.
3: Yeah. And positive and constructive as well, because Jeffrey, you take assessment of who you are and what you're doing in this world and how you're being, you can take assessment. It can be critical, but not negative. it would be like, okay, this could be improved. Right. I, I can... evaluate, not criticize. Exactly. Yeah. You evaluate versus Great
0: criticize. Great distinction. Yeah. That's a Thank big Thank you very dis- kindly for that, sir. Yes. Great yeah. distinction. Yeah. That's because when somebody gives a speech, they say, well, let me critique that. Yeah. <sighs> no, that's bullshit. You, especially you who are critiquing, have no business to criticize. Don't criticize, condemn, or complain, Dale Carnegie. And as a great friend of yours once said, no statue was ever erected to a critic. Correct. Mm -hmm. Dale Carnegie wrote two of the most important books in our lifetime, How to Win Friends and Influence People, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. And the common thread between both of those books is two words, be yourself.
3: Absolutely. It's why you can't compare yourself to Paul Rosenberg. Right. Exactly. You got to be yourself. Or Oscar Wilde.
0: Yes. Be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. Yes.
1: Except if you're being yourself and living in this victim mentality, it's painful. Yeah. It's painful. So how do you get out of it? You
2: know what I was thinking? Be yourself. One of the ways that I know I'm being myself is when I'm breathing well. Mm. So we talk about, this is an understatement. We talk about breathing mechanics a lot. It's in every class of our certifications. We talk about it on every podcast. You know, he's uh, said a number of times, or at least I would quote, he might have said it once. I quote him a lot. If you enjoy being you, you're winning. And it's very hard for me or anyone else, I feel very comfortable saying that, uh, to enjoy being you or feeling comfortable in your skin when you're breathing, it's trapped in your chest. And the ask, go get a yoga teacher. Most people are walking around breathing in their chest a vast majority of the time and a vast majority of the reason why that's happening is due to the way they're using their language internally and externally, also known as the story they're telling themselves about themselves. Again, so this comes back to education. This comes back to awareness. Mm. Work on your words, make some seemingly minor adjustments in your language, everybody. Watch what happens to your breathing and watch what happens to everything, uh, both personal and professional. In your life, it's going to improve. And then you get to be you. There's there's very little friction.
0: As a result of Jen, I was recommended to one of your coaches and he was recommended to me as a breath coach. Mm. Luckily, I had a throat operation several years ago. I have spoken from my diaphragm for 15 years, maybe 20. And so I was already breathing correctly, partially. Once I got this guy to teach me how to breathe better, different, I was better. And I'm not like an unsuccessful person trying to catch my breath. I'm a relatively successful person, relearning the breathing process so that I can do it better or that I can be better. And that's, you know, I didn't fight Jen on, well, I don't need a breath coach. I know how to fucking (laughs) breathe. What do you think? guy? because you're smart.
2: Would this guy's name be Jeff Oaks? It was Jeff Oaks, yeah. yeah. Shout out to Jeff Oaks. Shout
1: out, shout out.
0: But more important than that, it was eye-opening. I became aware, you know, I was Tommy. Deaf, dumb, and blind kid. Mm. And I learned how to play a pinball that day. Mm. Mm. Um, That's a who reference for people who are. Wondering. Yeah, that was Pete Townsend, the most prolific songwriter of the show. Play yeah.
2: yeah. dum. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Which, by the way, his autobiography, Who I Am, could be the best autobiography in music
1: ever. Noted. Yeah. I'll check it out. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to like. Share. Yeah, share with both your friends. And subscribe to the podcast. And remember, we
0: have a free 22-day sales challenge. Just go to guderman.com slash sales challenge to start you on your way.